Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today is the first episode, well, technically the second episode in a six-part series of the bridge concept. So last week, when I introduced this concept of the bridge, which are the six meta skills of what it takes to build and sustain your school of excellence. And if you did not get a chance to listen to that episode, definitely go pause and listen to that first because it is an introduction to this concept. And so today's episode is all about the first letter in the bridge is B, which is B for boundaries. And today I'm going to be talking about the difference between rigid boundaries versus healthy versus weak boundaries. I'm also going to be talking about the different ways that we respond to boundaries and why the more that we can train and help our teams become self-aware that practicing boundaries is what leads to better mindfulness, to a healthier culture, to higher retention with staff. This is where a lot of the issues happen with teams and where a lot of burnout and, you know, staff leaving the turnover comes from is from a lack of practicing healthy boundaries. So the first thing I want to dive into today is what rigid boundaries look like. And, you know, what does it look like when someone is demonstrating these rigid boundaries? Well, the first thing that happens is they have very, a lot of difficulty trusting. They're very inflexible about rules, about what they will do, about what they won't do. There's very little gray area. Everything needs to be super specific, right? There is very little nuance to, yeah, well, in this context, it's like this. No, everything, it's black and white. It's always or never. It's it's just, it's a lot of this all or nothing approach. And The people who demonstrate rigid boundaries often feel very misunderstood. And even when we're trying to coach or guide them through something, it's like they just don't understand what's going on. They have a real reluctance to listening to a different perspective. So that's a lot of what rigid boundaries are. Look, it's just a lot of this inflexibility, a lot of this black and white thinking. 
Now, as I explained all of these symptoms, I'm sure, you know, you're nodding your head and saying, oh, yeah, I have one teacher like that, or I have someone on my leadership team that demonstrates this kind of all or nothing approach. And again, this episode is not about doom and gloom. I want to give you context to help you understand what you need to start coaching and mentoring uh, for your team to help them develop more healthy boundaries. All right, so now let's look on the other side of rigid boundaries is weak boundaries, okay? This is on the completely other side of the pendulum. This is where there's a lot of passive-aggressive behavior um, or people-pleasing, where they're letting everyone step all over them. They don't ask for what they need. They allow others to mistreat them. There is an obsessive need for fawning and people-pleasing. They don't have clarity around what works for them, what matters to them, what they need, what they want, and they're consistently seeking external validation and reassurance to make sure that they're okay. One of the things that I spoke about at a recent event that I was at is that reassurance is like a drug. There's there's never enough of it that you can give someone who needs this constant need for reassurance and validation. Another component of weak boundaries is they do a lot of oversharing, which is can make other people feel uncomfortable. They have a very difficult time reading the room of like, ooh, that's that's an overshare. That's not something that's information for us right now. So this is the flip side, right? So we have rigid boundaries and we have weak boundaries. Now we want to coach our leaders towards healthy boundaries, right? Being assertive, asking for what they need, doing so without feeling guilty, respecting other people's limits, right? This is a very difficult time, especially with people with rigid boundaries. They have a very difficult time accepting that other people have limitations, that other people have different needs than them, have different capacity levels than they do. So they have a very difficult time understanding that people exist beyond, you know, their little microcosm of the world. And so what happens a lot with new directors who have rigid boundaries is they have a very difficult time understanding that their staff have different limitations. Um, They have a very difficult time understanding, okay, so this teacher isn't ready for this next level. Like this is where she's at. This is good enough teaching. And this is all she can do right now. And that doesn't mean she's a bad person. It doesn't mean she's not a good teacher. It doesn't mean you need to fire her. It doesn't mean you need to write her up. She needs time. She needs coaching. She needs some patience. She's not there yet. And it's very difficult because a lot of directors come into this position because they're very smart. They're very capable. They're hard hard workers. They're very committed. And when other people have limitations and are not ready to do certain things at their specific timeline, they struggle to respect those limits. And they look at those people as weak. They look at them as they're not good enough. And so there's a lot of judgment Whereas the person who has weak boundaries really struggles to put um, limits in place to people that might push the boundaries a little bit or push the letter of the law or try to take advantage. And so what healthy boundaries looks like is someone who knows how to respect that other people have limitations, just like they do, right? Just like they do. But the person who has rigid boundaries actually struggles with the awareness to realize that they also have limitations, okay? They also have limitations. So this is a kind of high-level view that I often give, excuse me, that I often give leaders when it comes to boundaries is understanding what are the standards that we can put in place around boundaries with staff, with clients, with families? Because many of the people that are listening to this podcast 
you guys have a lot of people on your admin team that are possibly friends or teachers that are friends with each other. And it's challenging for when everyone, you know, becomes friendly with each other to practice boundaries and really maintain professionalism that they need to have at work. And so I want to transition now into the four different types of boundary setting styles, right? So as you know, I just explained, there's weak boundaries, there's rigid boundaries, there's healthy boundaries. And then there's also different styles in the way that we set boundaries, okay? And so I'm going to share with you the four different types of boundary setting styles. The first type of a boundary setting style is anger. So many times when someone needs to set a boundary, They set it from a place of anger. So it typically sounds like something like, I can't believe you're putting me in this position. Let's say you need to tell the teacher that you need to close the door. You need to tell a parent something. The first response is anger. You say something like, I hate being put into this position. I'm so angry that you're making me practice this boundary. So as I'm going to go through these boundary setting styles, I want you to think about what is your kind of dominant boundary setting style. And if you're an owner listening to this and you have a few people on your leadership team or you have directors, I want you to pause and think about what are possibly their boundary setting styles. So that's the first one is anger. The second type of boundary setting style is blaming. So this is when you have to practice a boundary, you blame the other person for the need that you have to practice this boundary, right? So you say something like, well, if you would have planned better, you wouldn't be asking me for this now. So that's the blaming boundary setting style where you blame the other person because they have a need right? And they're asking you for it, but you have a difficult time practicing this boundary. So you're going to blame them for having this need. You're going to blame them and say, well, you shouldn't be having this need altogether. So the first one is anger. The second one is blaming. The third type of boundary setting style is excuses. So this sounds like, you know, oh, can't do it. My cat's sick. I've been away this weekend. My husband just had the flu. My son's coming next Friday. My parents just left. My cleaning lady quit. All the things. It's the excuses boundary setting style. So it's typically, you know, when you ask a teacher to do something, the teacher will just completely overshare on all different kinds of excuses. I'm too tired, all of that kind of stuff. So that's the third type of boundary setting style. And the fourth one is apologies. So it sounds something like, I'm so sorry. I feel terrible. I can't help you with this. I really wish I could. You know that I wish I could. I just feel so terrible. I feel so ashamed. I'm so sorry. This is the obsessive apology that when you need to send a boundary and it's difficult for you to just say no as a full sentence, you have, you give a lot, a lot of apologies. Okay. So let's review these for a moment, right? So we have anger, we have blaming, we have excuses, and we have apologies. Now, like with anything, we all have varying degrees of these boundary setting styles. And the question is, what is your dominant boundary setting style? Like, When you think of what, you know, is kind of that default response that happens when you have to practice a boundary, is it that you get angry? Is it that you get start blaming the other person? Is it that you give excuses? Is it that you give a lot of apologies? What's really powerful about understanding these boundary setting styles is as you become more cognizant and more self-aware, it's easier for you to catch it and de-escalate it. So as you become more aware and then your leadership team becomes more aware, they can actually start realizing, wow, 
when teachers ask me for things and I have to practice a boundary, I actually get really angry at them for asking me for these things. And so I need to practice more empathy when a teacher asks me for something because I'm allowed to say no and they're allowed to ask, right? And so I don't need to get angry. I need to sit with myself and like sit and practice some empathy and then also practice accountability, right? I know you asked me for this and then this is the boundary. The other thing that's really powerful in understanding the boundary setting style of both yourself and your leadership team is it really, really helps with values because you can have a core value in your center, but part of practicing values you're going to have to practice boundaries around those values because if you value integrity or trust or service or whatever it is, when something bumps up against that value and you're going to have to make a decision, you're going to have to practice a boundary to be able to honor that value. And not being aware of how you set boundaries right now and how challenging it can be, um, what happens is, is there becomes an misalignment with the ability to practice values. And it's not because they don't believe in the value and it's not because they are not trying to practice the value. It's because they're really struggling with boundary setting around this particular value. Um, But in general, they struggle with boundaries because the thing to understand about boundaries is it's a meta skill. So it's not something that you ever get perfect at. It's something that we get better at every single day because every season of life is going to call upon you to practice different boundaries. And this is a hard truth for a lot of leaders to swallow around, oh, you mean I'm never going to be perfect at this? Or, you know, there's no mastery here. No, there's no mastery. It's the ebb and flow of practicing the boundary, making a mistake, trying again, and just practicing excellence, right? Getting better and better at it. So when we're looking at these boundaries, at specific ways that we want our people to show up, we want our people to show up in a specific way, right? We want our people to be able to show up with integrity, practice the values, um, and then just regular standards, policies, procedures, and all the things in running a center. When they are aware of this boundary setting style, when they're aware of, wow, like this is what I do, then we can go into the coaching of it. Then we can go into, okay, how am I going to practically do this? What happens a lot of times with boundaries is they start practicing a certain boundary and they come at it from the all or nothing approach. They think this is my forever boundary for all eternity. The next 50 years of my life, this is the boundary I I need to have, right? And again, it's this black and white thinking. It's the perfectionist talking who's begging for control, who's saying, oh, okay, so this is the way to do it. Okay, so this is the way I'm going to always do it. Don't feed it. Don't feed the part of yourself that's begging for control and certainty and security. (laughs) Don't do it. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. Okay, this is the boundary that you need now. And then you can reassess and reevaluate, right? You can reassess and reevaluate. So I want to give you some pointers of how to have these conversations with your leadership team. If you have a director who really struggles with anger or possibly blaming teachers uh, for asking for things, 
one of the things that you could sit down and have a conversation with her about is let's do a little uh, suspension challenge, I call it, where we're going to suspend judgment for one day. Okay, so this is not a one week challenge or a 30 day challenge or a six month goal. This is a eight hour or however long her shift is challenge. And it's called the suspension challenge. Why is it called the suspension challenge? Because she's going to suspend judgment on other people's needs for one day. And so if somebody asks her for something, she's suspending judgment. She's not going to judge the other person for asking for it or the type of need that the person asked for or whatever it is. She's only going to practice empathy for the other person. Okay. Not sympathy, not feeling bad for the person, empathy. Now, what's really powerful about the suspension challenge is it brings a dramatic self-awareness to the person around how much they judge people. We all do. We all judge people. We all have biases. We all have judgments. We all have our ways of looking at the world. Like that's part of being human, right? It's, it's the way that our brain protects us. And yet the more that we can step into small moments of not judging. Okay. Again, you're not going for the all or nothing, right? It's not like, oh, I'm never going to judge anyone ever again. (laughs) Lovely. We'll see how that goes for you. This isn't about never judging anyone again. That's not, that's not a plausible human goal. We're all going to get into moments where we judge people when we feel tired or burnt out or stretched thin or exhausted or irritable or whatever it is. And then someone does something to us and we're like, how dare that person do that, right? It doesn't mean you're a bad person. (laughs) It means that you're tired in this moment. It means that you're human, right? And so what's beautiful about the suspension challenge is you take a challenge for a one day, or maybe you do a one hour challenge, whatever your capacity level is in this moment, where you don't judge any teacher, any parent for anything that they're asking of you. And it starts to build more of this awareness around why do I get upset when the parents ask me for that? Why do I get so judgy around that? Why do I blame people for doing that? Why do I get into this all excuses mode when someone asks me? How can I practice giving a clear, kind no? This is hard work, guys. This is not a clean cut template that I'm giving you or a clean cut script of here's how to do it. It's not how it works because we're humans and it's messy and it's different and it's different every day sometimes. But hopefully this gives you some better context into what boundaries are, why this is a meta skill, why this is part of the bridge concept um, and why boundaries is just such, you know, why it's such a big concept. And this is why staying in conversation with coaches, with mentors, with community who can consistently remind you around your boundaries, right? Like, oh, you said that that was a boundary for you a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. And I've been noticing that you're starting to get irritable again. And maybe that boundary is falling to the wayside. Maybe you need to reintroduce it. Okay. I hope today's episode gave you a lot of food for thought and some practical next steps of how to continue to move forward and how to coach and how to mentor. And if you want to go deeper with us on all of the coaching on this concept of boundaries and, you know, some of the other meta skills. If you're looking for concrete steps, if you're looking for guidance and community, then I would love to encourage you to check out our directors in our circle and our owners HQ program. They are our flagship programs where we coach owners and directors throughout the year. Um, and 
The link is in the show notes. And I hope that you join us next week where we're going to be talking about relational intelligence. This is the second meta skill in the bridge concept. Now, before you go, I would love if you could take a moment to please leave us a review and rate our podcast on iTunes. This is the only place where you can leave a review is on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. And when you leave us a review, it helps us rank higher on iTunes and other podcasts to help other school leaders find our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for participating in this series. And I hope to see you next week. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.